Fit After 30 show, episode number 17 with Max Silver, coaching, fat loss, fitness, and a general chit chat. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Fit After 30 show, the podcast for those who refuse to accept that they're past it or that their best days are behind them and are ready to demand more from themselves despite some potential new challenges. Aches might be there, your time might be a little limited and your responsibilities are likely through the roof. But ultimately, if you're listening in, I know you're not up for just settling. Welcome in once again as we explore how to excel and balance physique, family and fat loss in this new chapter of your life. I'm your host Sharif Lawton and this is the Fit After 30 show. Boom and just like that another episode another incredible guest in the Fit After 30 show Mr. Max Silver. What is happening brother? How are you this evening? I'm good. I'm I'm warm. It's been a warm one here today in London right? It has been a warm one, mate. It has been a warm one. And you know what? This has now come full circle because I was actually realizing, uh, pretty sure you stopped the podcast right now, but was I not your first guest when you yeah. were launching this thing back in lockdown? So I was thinking about that this morning and it's really spooky when I launched my podcast, which is no longer available because I've binned it after a few weeks. <laughs> I could not be asked. Um, yeah, you were my first guest and we spoke about obviously the fitness industry and everything else like that. And at that point, I was toying with the idea of whether or not to get back into the industry. Yeah. So obviously, we, we qualified together um, all them years ago. And then afterwards, you you just said, just fucking go for it. And I did. And I got back into it and I haven't looked back. So I do I do owe you a, a big debt. So thank you. Here we are, man. And I tell you what, let's wind it back just for the listeners. Uh, for those of us that don't know, A, who the hell you are and B, what the connection is with us. Why don't you... Uh, give a little bit of a background into who you are, what you do now, potentially what you did do and how we even came to kind of know each other, man. Sure. So uh, I'm Max Silver. Uh, Instagram is real Max Silver. And Sharif and I met all the way back in 2007 when we were youngers in uh, in Premier, when we got our qualifications as personal trainers. And Sharif went on to bigger and better things, as did I. Um, and then we always kind of kept in touch with things. I went in a different direction about five or six years later. Uh, left the industry um, but we always kind of kept in touch and things and then uh, decided to get back into it off the back of the podcast two years ago after lockdown I was like right I want to get back into the online field uh, online space and then yeah I now am an online coach and I absolutely love it um, working with people who have just just tired and just stressed and just pissed off and have kind of banged their head against a brick wall with this kind of balance that they're trying to seek when it comes to health and fitness and looking after everything so giving them what they need in order to succeed, but doing it in a way where they can have fun with it and it's not restrictive. So yeah, I'm, I'm back with it. Incredible, bro. So our messages are obviously very congruent, are very kind of aligned in terms of, yep, we can get you this incredible result when it comes to your body, when it comes to your lifestyle, but we're not going to do it in a way which you hate life. And essentially there's just this big, massive rebound at the back end of it sort of thing. So mate, would you say you mainly work with males, with females? Is it a good mix just now, purely out of sort of interest and curiosity? Yeah, so my business kind of took a bit. So it started off with guys and then it gravitated towards women. And now it's kind of come back into the bit of a middle. So it is a mixture between between women and men. Um, I feel like as a coach, 
understanding people's behaviors has become a real sticking point at, at times. Um, as much as I want someone to succeed and, and give everything that they need, ultimately it does come down to the individual to kind of put that work and effort in. And it's my job to facilitate it in a way where they don't feel like they're, they're fucking up or they're doing wrong or they're doing bad because so many people, it's a bit, this, this is an analogy this that I've used before. You know, so I don't know about you because you're a married guy, but sometimes when you meet a girl, right, you meet someone and they've got all these insecurities because of all the dickheads that have treated them like shit beforehand. And you're the one that's got to take on that responsibility of trying to prove that you're not like them and you're a good guy. It's similar to the fitness field. When we work with clients, they have been through all this bullshit powders, potions, certain slimming clubs and all these other things, high intensity workouts so they feel sick and break their necks. And then they've got to put their trust in us to make sure that we're not going to fuck them up again. Mm-hmm. And we're like, no, no, this is this is the way forward. So it's uncovering that when it is working with someone that I absolutely love, when they, when they can flick a switch and they go, oh, wow, I can eat 250 grams of carbs and I can still look the bollocks. Yeah, I absolutely love that, bro. It's something which I say to you know everyone which I onboard and who comes into any one of my programs is like, you know, we, we do not take this thing lightly. You know, you've like you've just quite rightly said you signed up with us to, you know, outsource this really important part of your life, the way you look, the way you feel, the way you act, the way you operate, you know, we don't take that lightly, you know, because there are, there are a lot of coaches out there. And like you quite rightly said, there are some bad ones. And most people have had some terrible experiences. So, you know, for them to trust us, even with all the proof and all the rest of it in the world, they are going to have to, you know, have that bit of like a bit of a a jump and a leap of faith, right before they sort of dive in. Absolutely. Because again, it's just about trying to teach people the right way or teach someone the, the way that works best for them yep 100 and that can look very different in fact often does look very different compared to what they have done and one comment i often get is like cool like so that's the pro like is that it like what else i'm like no just go ahead and do that and it's almost like they're waiting for me to be like and then we add in the hit cardio and like the zero carbohydrate <laughs> like no it's not that's not going to happen like do you know what i mean yeah, I've had people before when they're like, oh, it's not very intense, this workout. It's like, well, you make it as intense as you want it to. Like, if you oh, want to yeah. lift two kilos, lift two kilos. But the idea is for you to test yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, fair enough. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, I, I used to get that. Like, this workout's too easy. I'm like, if I did that workout, I'll be absolutely toast. So it's not too easy. Your level of intent is, you know? So like, yeah. yeah. Um, but I tell you what, brother, I really want to sort of like take a deep dive and I've definitely kind of put you on the spot here just in terms of, you know, we, okay, you've been in and out the industry, but essentially fitness has always been a part of your life. And, you know, you've, you've been in it for, you know, a number of years now, considering when we started this thing um, yeah. and just on your own personal journey, right? So not necessarily the mistakes you see with clients, but your own personal journey to sort of like getting in, in shape. I mean, I could literally talk an hour plus long about the mistakes I've made, but I think there's going to be some differences. There can be some similarities, but I would love to know, like, what was the main thing when you look back at your own journey, right? When you were a young, whatever, and like, right, I want to, want to pack on size, want to look good for the girls or whatever. What, mm. what were some of the main things that you did? What were some of the traps, some of the pitfalls, some of the things which you now cringe at going like, Jesus Christ, like that, you know, why did I go there? Always on a bulk. You were always on a bulk, okay. Always on a bulk, just always with it. Like I, I was the chubby kid at school, right? So I was the the, the, the token chubby kid. I was always, really? yeah, I was the chubby kid at school. Um, but my, I, I, I was always uh, very funny, and I was always like the, the 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 nice funny guy, right? Funny fat kid. Funny fat kid. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> FFK. Um, and and as I got older, and I kind of got to the gym, and it was very much the 
oh, so the guys in the magazines with the muscles get the girls. Clearly, I need to get them up. And I always had this kind of look like I've always been a pro wrestling fan. So I look at wrestlers bodies and go, fuck me, I'd love to look like that one day. Um, so for me, it was just go to the gym, lift, do everything I could possibly can every single day. Same routine all the time. Obviously, never touch legs because who's got time for that? <laughs> um, and just kind of try and eat everything in sight. Very uneducated, but very naive. Okay. And then I pick up magazines, not men's health. I always gravitated towards like Flex and, and magazines like that. Yeah. And then and then I was a sucker for marketing. Ronnie Coleman must be drinking Celtic, so I must buy Celtic. Oh, bro, I've been and there. I remember sharing a story with you in Premiere. And I remember telling you, yeah, yeah, I've got Celtic. I drink it like squash. And I remember you saying, what do you mean you drink it like squash? Because it was so nice and so sweet. But I would just drink it on a casual one thinking, well, if I drink as much of this Celtic, which was their creatine product, as possible, I'm obviously going to get hench. Yep. And it just wasn't the case. I just had Illuminous Piss. And <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. So I was a big sucker for that. And then I used to just buy every supplement that was under the sun thinking, this latest product's going to make me bulky or this latest product's going to pack on size. And don't get me wrong. Like I look back on photos of me now and I thought, yeah, I, I was quite, a, I wasn't ever like fat at that point or, or even stocky. I, I packed on some good size. I was always the biggest one in my particular group. Um, I always made sure that the t-shirts were half a size too small to kind of give me the illusion of, of being the big one. But a lot of it came from insecurity. And even now as an, as, as a 33 year old bloke, 34 in a couple of months it still stays with me and, I, and I've been listening to some stuff and maybe maybe it's still the, the 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 FFK in me but it still kind of stays with me a little bit the insecurities and I sometimes have to say to myself like for fuck's sake like just stop just stop like you've got to where you are and you look great just accept it and if you want to do better great but as I've gotten older I, I've realized all the mistakes I made was just buying into to, to these crazy marketing products. Um, I don't know if you remember the animal packs, but I would, um, you remember them? Yeah, okay. So I would get all of the vitamins and I would try and do it in one go. Do it in one, yep, been there, done it, bro. Like Do it in one. Then I remember USP Labs was a product. They bought out this thing called Oxy Elite, which was a fat burner. Obviously, yep. I, I needed that fat burner because it was going to get me ripped. Of course. Um, and then... Yeah, it was every protein product, every pre-workout under the sun. But I'm 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 grateful for for doing that because I learned a lot of mis I learned a lot of what to do and what not to do. Oh no, definitely, 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 definitely. And I think, bro, like just listening to you speak just with that first one, it's like the similarities are scary, are scary, you know, in terms of like the the exact supplements. Oxidate Pro, fucking Animal Pack, this and that, Celtec. I used to drink, I used to get the weirdest looks at uni, like bringing Celtec to the party, man. Yes. Oh my God. This is it. So literally when, you know, you're, you're so ingrown in, in your own head with this thing as you're younger, right? You're the one that stands out. I was the weird Tupperware guy at work. I always brought Tupperware to work. I would never, ever deviate from Tupperware. Yep. Okay. And the same thing as well, as you say there in terms of like bringing Celtech to your thing, I would bring like fat burners to certain events because God forbid, if I missed, if I missed the day, oh god it, it's not going to work you know, know or, or i would take like a, a vasodilator one to try and be a bit more veiny when i was going to the beach like, when what? literally no one cares no one cares no one cares you know what I, I think a couple of things kind of sprang to mind just with that one the first is 
the fact could you imagine if we had social media back then because yeah we had the magazines and all the rest of it but like i'm so glad that we didn't because gosh knows like where our efforts would have been placed if they were so whack to begin with you know um but i think you know to kind of play devil's advocate just for a second right because you're yeah. saying that you know oh my gosh i was so stupid i bulked up i did this i did that your body fat percentage was probably far higher than it needed to be like i i remember going through pretty much all of uni just trying to do the same gain muscle and i probably got a little bit chubby i mean my mom saying like you look kind of like fat now like what's going on but do you know what like if we were then brought up in this age in this era of instagram where everyone shredded 365 like i think i'd probably still be a skinny kid because i wouldn't have let myself go through a phase of purposely overeating purposely gain muscle tissue so maybe it was a good thing you know because it wasn't really about like let's get super ripped then it was it was like let, let's get big man do you know what i mean i think it's very different now do, do you think yeah, I think now it's moving more towards the aesthetic. I mean, there's a gym that I train at. There's a, there's a lot of young people that go there. They all look older than me, but they're all young. Mm. And I think in a way it's a good thing because there, I feel like this generation, and it depends on your environment, okay? Because as much as for every time we go to a gym and there's people, you know, getting after it, there's also 10,000 other people that don't go to a gym that don't get after it. So you are a product of your own environment. But when I go to these gyms and I see these younger people training, I, I find it admirable. But then I look at them and I look at me at the same age and their knowledge is so much more superior than, than what we had Agreed. because of social media. So as much as from the aesthetic and the vanity perspective, it might not be the best. Mm. It has created a lot of hungry young people who want to look a certain way. Yeah, um, and I think that's okay as long as it's channeled appropriately, like you were saying. Yeah. But then again, if you're if you're 19 and that's all you ever know, then you don't then then your I'm sorry, but your level of of uh, your perception of perfection is just is off the charts. Off like the you charts. and I, you and I would look at like a Greg Plitt, who obviously died quite a number of years ago, on like a Men's Health or a Steve Cook. You know, those were our go-to guys on the magazines. Because let's face it, we weren't looking at Ronnie and Jay and thinking, I'm going to look. I never thought in a million years I could look like Ronnie or Jay. And when people would look at me looking at these magazines, first thing they'd say, you're gay, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> like to you and I, looking through a bodybuilding magazine is completely normal because it's part of our everyday life. I would bring one to work and people would be like, mate, who, who is this geezer sitting there looking at men tanned up? full of muscles what is this guy on pretty much but when you're part of it and it's part of your psyche you, you just don't know any different and you think why why aren't you looking at this <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah no absolutely i just think it's very different though because like okay so you bring the magazines in and what have you and don't get me wrong i bought flex i bought you know what was it muscle and fitness and what have you but it's yeah. like you can then put the magazine down and get on with your life yes it's on your phone, you're scrolling, it's constantly notifications, it's in your face, man. Yes, and I think this is a big, big problem, mm. um, a huge problem for young people because it's reaffirming the belief that they aren't good enough because they do not look like this person who they look at, who they follow, who they're influenced by, and all the rest of it. And I feel like there's two camps. There's a lot of people online who are very real and very authentic, and they try and display vulnerability. But then there's the other side of it where it's like, if you don't look, if you haven't got an eight-pack, and a bird with a fat ass, mm. then unfortunately, mate, you're a failure in life. And I think a lot of people gravitate towards that as well because they just think, oh my God, I must, I must do this, I must do this now. Not realizing that they're literally 18, 19 or 20. They have no right. They have no authority to want that at that age. 
they should just go out and explore and, and enjoy themselves and, and find out who they are and then realize that it's once they get to their mid to late 20s, then, then you know, if they want to do this at this at that level, then by all means do it. But I feel like a lot of um, younger guys now perhaps might miss out on that adolescent lifestyle because they just need to hashtag crush it. Oh my God, I can't, I can't go out with the lads on front. And I'm not saying you need to go out and get on it and get off your tits. What I'm saying is you need to go out and enjoy that kind of social camaraderie, but don't necessarily waste everything on the gym or on supplements. 100%, 100%, bro. And then winding it back down to you and kind of the conversation of like the mistakes in which you made, right? Quite interesting to hear that, okay, you had this kind of fat kid identity growing up, yeah? But you still yeah. chased after the bulk, you know? You could discern that someone with the identity would always want to stay skinny or once you learn how to cut, would always want to stay lean compared to, do you know what I mean? How, how, what was the deal there? It's funny you say that now always wants to stay lean. So I was always on the bulk and this literally happened even up until about maybe 2013, 2014 when I hired my first ever coach who got me down to a considerable amount of weight and I felt good. And then I yo-yoed for a bit. And it, honestly, in the last like three to four years is when I've actually really found my stride with things from a strength and aesthetic point of view. You know, I walk around now at about 86, 87 kilos with abs and I feel great and I feel fantastic. And if I want to come down, I'll come down and, and all the rest of it. And I love the feeling of being lean. I feel healthier. I feel a lot more mobile um, and, and I feel more energized and I feel better for it but when I was sort of always on a bulk it, it it was almost like well for what because I I didn't really want to step on stage I didn't really want to compete so I had I was just chasing this thing and I think I think it because it got because I got so much um adoration from say like colleagues or other friends who weren't as obsessed with working out and eating as, as I was that's what kind of spurred me on more but then it did get to a point where one day I looked in the mirror at like 107 kilo and I was just like, what am I doing this for? Yeah, it's gone too far and you don't almost realise it until it is. And then you're like, yeah. oh, God. Um, but OK, bro, let's let, let's kind of have another little think about. All right. That was the first thing. That was the first major problem. You were always on a bulk. You were never paying respect to body composition. It was always just like bigger, 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 more food, yeah. more food, more food. Um, anything else come to mind about like, because I feel like that particular quote unquote mistake, as much as you don't regret it and all the rest of it is is a different one to what people experience now because of potentially the education because of potentially that people want to stay leaner so i feel like that's very much of a a mistake uh, that we would have made back in the day um is there anything else that you actually went through that you see potentially people still trip up over today um maybe maybe not and again i'll put you on the spot here bro but can you think in terms of uh never eating out never socializing um cutting out food oh, fasting yeah. cardio hit anything like that so never eat, never eating out was a big one. That was like, a, oh, if I was eating out, it was like, right, I could only have steak when I go out. I'm not allowed to eat pasta on the menu. I cannot have a pizza when I'm out because obviously I'm going to bed and I can't have the carbs because it's just going to sit there and I'm going to get fat and all these other things like stupid things. Like even if I saw something on the menu I wanted because it wasn't meat focused, I wouldn't have it. Or there'd be times where I'd go out and I'd be, I'd have two mains really like I, I have two main meals yeah as opposed to a starter um and, and and all that so yeah i just think the the other mistakes as well is just believing i suppose being naive in the sense of really really when, when you really want something to work like a particular 
their supplement or product you're just so hyper focused on it wanting to work that you don't care what anyone else ever says yeah and god forbid they disagree with you when you have that mindset it's like no you're wrong you're wrong yeah i'm the right one i am the right person um actually when you yeah, just drop 50 quid on some powder which you probably didn't have that money in the first place you're like no it does work trust me yeah like literally for me it was i would prioritize supplements over anything yeah. i would it, it got right. to a point where like i would uh, and it's quite selfish your whole cupboard I'd looks be, like working gnc right it's like what the hell absolutely absolutely and then, and then like the exes would be like you know up they you know the exes would be like well we're we'll not going out and it's like well no i've just fucking bought with like are you mad i've just bought this money <laughs> <in something." laughs> i've just bought some l glutamine man we're not going yeah. anywhere and they're just like all right you're weird goodbye um so yeah and then like because i dj um so um i i was i was a resident dj at nightclubs and stuff i was the weirdo dj who would bring protein powder yeah. to the gig right and i would literally have a protein shake because i do like a five six hour set i would have a couple of protein shakes throughout um and if it was a weekend set i might i've never been a big drinker but i might have a drink but if it was a a, a wednesday or a thursday set I would always make sure I've got protein with me. And it was always prioritizing that. Even when like I went through a as I went through a big raving phase. Um, we won't go into that here, but I would be the weirdo who would come back from the rave, whereas most people couldn't eat for a couple of days. Yeah. I would have I would have a blender with two scoops of protein, two bananas, berries, and just neck it. Right. No matter what, all the time. So is my, I would always it's, it's always been gym focused and there's been times where it's been health, unhealthy and healthy yeah. uh, relationship with it um yeah and I think I think I'm as I say it's, it's taken me this long to get to where I am to where I've got the best relationship I've had with training and I and I honestly think I because of the last two years realizing that you don't need to do all the things all the time yeah rest yeah. is key sleep is key yeah. There are thousands of other variables out there that's going to have an effect on how you feel, how you move, how you train. It's not just the gym. 100%. Well, that's literally the ethos behind 23D and it's the other 23 hours of the day, which are the most impactful rather than the hour in which you're now training sort of thing. And I think so, like listening to hear you speak, it's been very much a, an obsessive thing. It's been something which has been forefront of mind. And very similarly, man, if I'm getting a question in either the DMs or even with one of my own clients and they're really fretting about something, you know, one of the frames that I have is like, you know, this thing in which you're worrying about right now, this, this particular issue, is it going to make any difference to your long-term physique progression, your long-term health progression in like six months time? If the answer is yes, let's open up the conversation and, you know, let's, let's get to the bottom of it. If the answer is no, you need to stop spending any more ounce of mental bandwidth on this because it doesn't matter. It does not matter. You know, the, that level of obsession is, is not needed, nor does it make any, you know, sinew of difference, right? Yeah. But then, but then did you, did you do like crazy diets as well? I, like, I, yeah, I did everything, bro. Like name you, it, I did it. I once did this. So someone said to me once, uh, I was in a gym working with someone. I went, yeah, I'm just going to eat eggs and turkey and, and, uh, and, um, and greens. And he goes, I want to get shredded. And I was like, oh, that sounds, that sounds really good. Yeah. That's all I ate for three or four weeks. Right. Wow. Right. I lost so much weight. I didn't have a single carb. I had zero energy. I looked okay, 
But yeah. because I had no carbs in the system whatsoever, and the guy f- neglected to tell me that you do need to implement carbs at some point. Yeah. So then it kind of fills you back up again. And then I built up a massive intolerance to eggs. Oh, I, eat so much. I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my body was just like, nah, we can't, we can't be dealing with this anymore, mate. <laughs> Goodness me. All right. And listen, like we, we've done some crazy things. And again, back to your point in terms of like generally, and don't get me wrong, there is some awful information out there in terms of herbal life is still up and about and various slimming clubs and you know, detoxes and all the rest of it. But at the same time, I feel like now, if you did want to find decent information about how to get into shape, if you did want to find decent coaches, hint, hint, us too, uh, you know, you, they're readily available and they're out there, right? So let's now switch the conversation to what I would wonder, are you seeing the major roadblocks to the people who now come into contact with you? You know, you talked at the, at the start of this podcast about they've tried this, they've tried that, they've tried the other. Um, I do wonder what, you know, what kind of roadblocks you see them making as opposed to what you you did as, as, a, as a young. I see them, uh, lack of patience is a big one. I think because what happens is when when I've worked with people who've been used to, say, taking powders, when you're when you're drinking certain powders and you're not really eating real food or you, you label food as sins and all this other bollocks, um, it's a very kind of instantaneous result because, you know, if I don't eat solid food or carbs for three or four days, I am ripped city, right? And all that is, is just water fluctuation. It's just, water, water. I'm, I'm dry as a bone. No, I think right? that's gold. I think that's gold because that, and then they expect that sort of level of result with like a more manageable plan. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And I'm like, no, we're getting over that because yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to overcome that here. Yeah. yeah. No, I think um, that's, that's so true. So that's a big one. And it's like, you know, they, they they associate this kind of shake and this pill with instantaneous results. Um, another thing as well, what, what what I do find with people is sometimes they just, they, they kind of lack the, the, the will. They feel like, oh, I really want to get in shape. I really want to do this. And sometimes they approach it from a different, well, maybe not from the best of angles. It's because they hate themselves. They hate the way they look. They hate the way they feel. Mm. And that's a very negative mindset. So again, as a coach, it's my job to kind of talk them off the ledge and for them to realize that, look, you are going to hate this at some point. You're probably going to want to quit and you're going to, you know, want to throw in the tail at some, but because that's what you've been used to. So it's my job to kind of get you to overcome that mindset and to make you feel better and that you're doing this for positive reasons as opposed to, oh, if I don't work out five days a week and eat 2,000 calories a day, I'm a piece of shit. And it's like, yeah. no, we need, to, we need to move away from that. 100%. And I, I think that can be quite triggering, even like the, the frame of like, you know, the level of thinking which got you to where you are now will absolutely not get you to where you want to get to. So even though it's going to be quite, in a way, comforting to resort back to that level of thinking, it's not going to work. So, you know, for a very different outcome, we are going to need to do things differently. And we're going to have to come at this whole thing from a different place rather than, than punishment. I think that's gold, bro. I think that's, that's really, really spot on. I, um, I, had, a, I had a guy, uh, um, it's taken him about nine weeks to realise because he was very hesitant at doing photos. Mm. Um, Which a lot of people are, let's be honest. Like a random dude on the internet being like, hey, let me see some pictures. <laughs> and off you go. You know, you, there's going to be some reservations there. I said to him, look, forget about scale weight or anything else like that. Just look at your photos. And the reason why I do photos with people, and I don't do them weekly now because I, I appreciate the apprehension. Um, I was like, right, let's do them every couple of weeks or even once a month. And the difference this guy looks, and he was like, oh shit now i get it 
It's yeah. like because when people are doing a transformation or when people are getting into shape, they are the last person to notice it. Yep. Agreed. Everyone else around them notices it. Their colleagues, their family, their friends, everyone else notices it except for them because they still see the same old them. But it's once you kind of have that before and after, and it's not like this marketing gimmick either. Like I know a lot of coaches out there will use a before and after photo as their marketing. It And guys listening, a before and after photo gives zero, and I mean zero, understanding as to how that coach operates. He or she could have been a complete prick to that person with zero customer service, but he got or she got that person that result. Great. But try not to be so reliant on before and after photos. Try and understand who it is you're actually going to work with. Whenever I, you know, obviously you and I we were in the industry, whenever, before anyone joins any of my programs, I need to make sure you're right for me. And I need to make sure you know that I'm the right one for you. 100%. Because otherwise, that, as I say, that that before and after photo is, is just pointless. But back to my point, photos matter when you need to see that kind of, that kick up the ass for that driver, that motivator. I think people as well, they don't like taking them because they might not like to have that raw comparison or potentially if they've not been implementing you know let's be let's be brutally honest right there will yeah. still be people that slip through the net that you've screened you talk to them for over an hour they've ticked all the boxes and you're like they are going to smash it you're so happy to sign them up you're ready to change their life and for whatever reason they don't actually do anything and you're like okay you know i find a lot of a lot of people who potentially did slip through the net prior um, they wouldn't be taking progress pictures because actually you can't lie. You know, you can, you yeah. can fudge the data in, in other places, but if, if you look the same after six weeks, like, Hey, then there's, there's something probably going to be up. Right. Yeah. No, that that's because yeah. Cause you're literally holding up a mirror to them and going like, come on, let's stop fucking about here. 100%, 100%. And, and anything else in terms of roadblocks, bro? Like I, I tend to attract quite a lot of females who again have tried everything under the sun. And I still see personally this big sort of reliance on, high intensity training sort of hit cardio a lot of uh, a lot of sprints a lot of body pump a lot of just battering themselves and again coming to, to your point coming in from a place of punishment rather than self-improvement yeah so i i did a training about this in, in one of my groups and i i said like you know the reason why a lot of people don't necessarily drop fat when they do with these high intensity things is because their hormones are fucked but what they do is they associate puddles of sweat. They associate this massive increase in dopamine and serotonin as associated to a good workout. And if they do things properly, but they aren't pissing sweat, said workout is, is not a good one. It, it's, a, it's a shit workout. And in fact, it's completely the opposite. Because someone's heart rate is through the roof and they're dying. Oh, God, my trainer oh, he proper done me the other day. Couldn't walk for two days. That's not good. Not good. It's like that's hard. not good, man. So now you can't train legs again. We're not. Yeah. You could have done it twice in a week if you actually, you know, turned it back yeah. a little bit. Correct. Oh, 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 good for you, buddy. You, you train so hard that you can't lift your arm for the fucking presentation that you've got in work, or it hurts when you lift your kid up. Like that's not good. So rather than it's really much trying to talk to someone and say, look, and as you say in twenty three lean, rather than kill yourself in the gym for that one hour and that's it. It's like do 30 to 40 minutes intense and then see how you go on. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I say this, I say this to clients all the time, like my workouts are 30 to 40 minutes. It's up to you how hard you work in that time. Mm-hmm. You can piss about and you can, you can just tick boxes and say it was a shit workout, or you can show up, put your phone away. Be, I think being present in a session is 
so difficult at times for people. Um, it is very difficult because they feel like if they're working out on their lunch break, it's very difficult for them to switch off, especially if they've just done, like let's say for instance, someone's working out on their lunch break and they've just had a meeting. Rather than focus on the session at hand, all they're thinking about is what just happened in that meeting. And it kind of really messes up the session. So it's really about trying to teach people to be more present as well when they, when, when they train. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. It's like not about the quantity. It's not about the hours. It's not about the minutes in the gym. It's about what you're now doing, the level of intent. And, you know, if they're, if they're hearing their coaches, even in their 30, 45 minutes tops, and, you know, you have the physique in which you do and you're able to get the results in which you do, well, hey, maybe I can do it as well. I don't have to batter myself. I think that's gold, bro. Um, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal, man. Absolutely. Anything else that you can now think of before we kind of wrap this thing up? Or is that pretty much uh, forefront of mind? Maybe? I, just, I, mean, no. I just think... I just think rather than, you know, the, the, the reason why coaches and the reason why we operate isn't isn't so that we, we bollock people into doing things that they can't already do. Do you think it's people just, still have that mindset of like, I'm going to hire a coach to like shout at me and crack the whip? I think sometimes they do. And I really? also think, yeah, I think, you know, because what the, the, the mindset is to have a coach is to you want a result. You can't you haven't got there on your own this person has educated in their knowledge and their wisdom and their education to help you specifically you and this is what you're going to get as a result of that yeah so just follow the guy i'm not saying you need to i know it's obviously like this cliche saying in our industry trust the process follow the process okay. that's work though if you do it like let's be honest hey <laughs> oh, listen 99.9 percent .9 of the time it does yeah but obviously everyone's different and unique which is why when you work with a good coach they can adapt to what you need yeah, the, the process might be different, but it's still the damn process, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, it's like, you need to just understand that this particular coach has worked with people like you for a very long time. So they understand what you're doing and where you're going wrong. So just listen. The other, what, what it's kind of triggered something because you mentioned it before, it's like, oh, what are the difficulties you have? I that What I have found sometimes with people is they will just revert back to what they did before. Even though, even though they know it, it, the, the, the outcome in which it gets them is incorrect or which they don't want, it's like better the devil they know because at yes. least they can fight that battle rather than something new, fail at that. And then they, you know, then they feel like another failure of oh, that. Well, that didn't work either. Let me just go back to Slimming World because at least I get to meet up with Mary on the scales yeah. on a Friday night, right? Absolutely. That is it. That is it. And yeah, it's, it's oh, your resistance training hasn't worked after three weeks. So I've done four spin classes this week. Why did you do that, you dickhead? Yeah, that, I, that's, that was. I said, don't that. do that, mate. I, I, you know, when like, and we'll wrap up here, but this is so funny. Quite a proficient coach. Um, I won't mention names, but she, uh, you know, when like your clients might tag you on like Instagram or what have you. Um, this one client must have. She was doing an overhead walking lunge with like like a twenty kilo weight above her head. Yeah, and she was like, at, she at ex coach putting in the hours. Da da da. The coach retagged it and put not part of the plan, but okay. And I literally <laughs> wet myself. I was just like, you just literally hotted her up in front of everyone. Like, like that's not what I told you to do, but okay. She's just there sweating over here. I was just like, mate, that's killed me. That's made my day. I think in a way she was good because then she's made sure that whoever's following this particular person realizes that this wasn't part of That's her not plan. how I coach. That's not what I told you yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it says bicep curl in there. Right, cool. That means I'm going to do 42 jumping jacks. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Right, so. 
Wicked brother, listen, let's uh, let's wrap this up because at the end of the day, we could be talking all day. You've got to get yeah. on, I've got to get on. Thank you. Thank, thank you for your time, brother. I appreciate you. Um, much to your success and uh, growth in the industry. And dude, absolute pleasure to have you on board uh, the Fit After 30 show. Thank you for having me. Dude, one more time, where can people find you? If they want to find out a little bit more about you, what you do? At Real Max Silver. Insane.